Welcome to the Playbook for Amazon podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lieber, and the goal of this podcast is to share what's working today that's helping my company, Turnkey Product Management, sell over eight figures per year on Amazon for our clients. We will share with you the actionable steps, systems, and playbook that you can plug into your business to boost your sales on Amazon. Let's go. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Amazon expert, Bradley Sutton. He has 20 years of entrepreneurial experience and over five years of Amazon experience. And today we talked about how to get reviews on Amazon, how to identify the critical keywords that you should be trying to rank for, how to launch and rank on Amazon, and how to automate the process along the way and streamline that. Bradley also works for Helium 10, who has an amazing suite of Amazon tools, and he shared some amazing actionable tips that will help your business grow today. So I really, really think that you're going to dive in and love this episode. So make sure to take notes because there's a lot of really cool, unique strategies that you can instantly put into your business. Enjoy. All right. So today we welcome to the show Bradley Sutton from Helium 10 and an expert for all things selling on Amazon to the show. How are you doing, Bradley? I'm doing amazing. Thank you. Nice. We are both uh, SoCal people. Uh, looks like you're in Italy right now from your background. Yeah, we just got this green screen here and I have to put a, I have to put a, some kind of background. This is all I could find <laughs> in a short notice, but there's a lady working on her computer in this, in this green screen, but she's like the stillest person in the world. So yeah, obviously it's not real, but this is actually pretty cool. Zoom, Zoom uh, has some amazing background stuff where I, I, you actually don't even need a green screen to have this. So anyways, very Those cool. listening in the car have no idea what we're talking about because they can't see us. Cool. So, uh, yeah, why don't you just give the folks a little bit of background on your business history, like kind of where you got started and how you got into Amazon eventually. Yeah, I used to do, um, I mean, my business as an entrepreneur started when I was 19, 20. I, I started a company that was around the first time that Fast and Furious came out. And uh, I, I was really into Korean cars. And, and in those days, Korean cars didn't have a great reputation. Nobody made parts for it. So I wanted to like put exhaust and intakes and stuff in my car. And I found a, a Korean company from Korea that, that, that dealt with that because the, the Honda Civic of Korea was like the Hyundai Elantra, you know? So I was importing these products for my own car and I was like, wait a minute, there's an opportunity here. So I was like, Hey, you guys should have a branch office here. So when I was 20, I opened up a, a 3000 square foot warehouse and, and was running a company that was, was doing like a million dollars a year in that. And that was like my first kind of entrepreneurial endeavor. And that lasted for a few years, but as we all know, that that market kind of went away. And um, just since then, I, I would do different entrepreneurial things. You know, I started a, a couple of companies and worked, you know, partnered with a few guys, and even worked uh, in marketing for a, a, a large food production company. But found that I hated working for the man. And and so what I did was one of my old partners from the Korean car park company said, "Hey, like, hey, I'm starting a." a cell phone case company. You want to join me? I'm like, sure, let's do it. And this is like four or five years ago. You know, I know it's cliche now to just talk about selling phone cases on Amazon, but it wasn't like that back then. And they didn't know what they were doing. And they ended up starting, uh, it was around the Galaxy S3 days, mm -hmm. iPhone 4. So I don't know what year that was, like 2015 maybe. Mm -hmm. And just without knowing what they're doing, they, they just went on Amazon and started selling like a thousand units a day <laughs> of each of each queue. Uh, this is like five, six Q. So it was ridiculous. And so uh, everything was going great. I really didn't know anything about Amazon. I was kind of like the money guy and the warehouse guy and the logistics guy, but, but things were going really well. And, um, but it didn't last, you know, it, it started going down that market because 
they didn't know what they were doing. They just got lucky. Big companies like Speedgen and stuff like just saw that we were using 3D images and stuff. And they're like, hey, that's a good idea. But they actually knew how to rank on Amazon. So our, our sales went down from like a thousand units a day per SKU to like a thousand total across the whole company and then down and down and down. And, and I still didn't know anything about Amazon. So uh, I split with them because the company just wasn't viable the way they were doing things. And long story short, I one day went to an Amazon conference in Chicago, like three years ago, and got inspired because now I, I saw this whole other side of Amazon that I didn't really know about. All I knew was how to send inventory to FBA and, and how to ship things, fulfilled by merchant. I mean, I was myself packaging and shipping 500 orders a day. And now I just saw the potential and I just immersed myself for a year into learning everything I possibly could about Amazon. And that's how I became a consultant for Amazon sellers and launched uh, over 400 products uh, in about two years for different companies. And that was kind of how I got discovered, I guess, by, by Helium 10. I was using Helium 10 as just a user in my business and, and Manny Coates uh, saw found me kind of like I'm one of those guys who who argues on the internet you know like and so I would go on the message boards and I would see misinformation and I would like rip people new ones and like put all these graphs and stuff and then Manny and Guy were like who's this guy and then so they invited me up they're like hey would you like to work for us I'm like okay let's do this so here I am nice that's awesome man so uh how, how many years from from that time when you initially started that car business have you been in the game then for that that was that was 20 years ago I, i've been in this game off and on like i said there was a few years where i had random jobs like i was the executive assistant to the ceo of hot dog on a stick <laughs> franchise i was a marketing assistant for research fine foods so i've had various jobs but but my first entrepreneurial thing was yeah that was 20 years ago nice so how do you think that's helped you like I would imagine that being in so many different industries and having like some fast successes and then some quick, you know, downturns and jumping into so many different areas, I would guess that makes you, you know, just better than the average, you know, Amazon seller or person because you've seen so many different things outside of just the Amazon world. Yeah, it definitely helps having a different, uh, a, a good business sense and having a experience dealing with different cultures. You know, like I've been with a lot of Korean companies, I've been with American companies and and then I worked in different departments. I mean, I, in the food company, at one time I was the scheduler for their trucking operations. I mean, like I've had a very wide background and, and, and you know, someone might think, well, that obviously would never be used, but guess what? Now that I have that experience, now I am really good at the logistics side of Amazon, like in, in trucking and LTL and, and how that whole system works. Thanks to say, thanks to that experience. So you know, not everybody can have 20 years of, of experience before they start. But if you guys do, for those of you out there who, who are just starting but have a wide variety in other industries, don't discount that as useless as far as Amazon goes. I mean, the stuff that you guys have been doing, even if it seems completely unrelated to Amazon, absolutely can help you in your Amazon journey as well. All right. So can you think of an example of like one maybe strategy or tactic that you've used that maybe came from the non-Amazon world from one of the other ventures or past businesses that you've had experience with that, you know, is not your run of the mill, you know, list of common 10 Amazon strategies that you try to, you know, have tried and had some success with. Yeah, I would say the, the going the farthest back um, would be understanding um, the, your, your market. All right. Um, when I was, when I was getting to that Korean car business, uh, you know, I, I didn't have 
you know, some kind of knowledge repository that I could dig into to study demographics and things. Uh, the way that I did it was on message boards, you know, message forms back in those days we used to use a lot. And so I could see what people were looking for. So like me personally, I obviously was passionate about Korean cars. I had one. Uh, I like fixing my car up, but that's a big a mistake that sellers back then would make and sellers today on Amazon make is if they're passionate about something or they think they know about it, they just rely on their own knowledge and think that, hey, everybody's the same as me. And that's not the case. So you don't do what you like to do. Don't do what you think is the best. Really crowdsource your research. And so, you know, back then, like I would see what are the, the body kits, that, that, the style of body kits that people really wanted for other cars on their Korean cars. What, what kind of intakes did people want and what were the biggest needs, the biggest pain points. And so 20 years later, you know, when I was launching products, I was doing the same thing. People don't use message forms anymore, but I would go on Facebook. Uh, I would study different influencer, you know, customers and different influencers communities and see what are the trending things. Uh, I would study the keywords. What are people searching for in order to find a product like this? And, and that was what really helped me, um, I think, you know, have a lot of successful launches. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah, I think a lot of people forget, you know, it's like when you're selling, you can sell a thousand units a day on Amazon, but you forget who those customers are. There's going to be a common theme between yeah. the majority of your customers. So I really like that. Oh, also just want to say before I forget, Bradley actually interviewed me on his podcast, the Serious Sellers podcast. So if you haven't checked out his podcast, it's awesome. I think it was episode 55. And so he got to pick my brain for a while and uh, we had a good time together. And so I said, hey, you know, I'd love to do the same and pick your brain. And uh, so that's what we're here doing today. So uh, awesome. Yeah, guys, check out check out that. Uh, I'm sure it's maybe some of the things you talked about there, you've already told a lot of your community, but there might have been a couple of things that they haven't heard. So they should definitely try and find your episodes. So, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about Amazon. So you talked a lot about, you know, you've launched hundreds of products. So today in today's environment, what would you say if someone's launching a brand new product that has no reviews, no sales history on the product, how would you advise them to, to launch in today's environment? Well, I, I would first, you know, make sure that they chose the right product, you know? Um, and when I say the right product, there's no like one answer of what is makes a product right or wrong, but it's basically that you need to, to know that you have a, a chance, right? It's that, it's that Jim Carrey meme, from, from Dumb and Dumber is like, so you're saying there's a chance, you know, like you've, you've got to have a chance. And the ways that help increase your chances is by, you know, you don't want to have a product where I always use the example like collagen peptides or neck pillows or something where the guys on page one are selling thousands of units a day, not a month, but a day, you know, like the kind of sales velocity you would have to have to compete at that level is just ridiculous. And, and in addition, you know, you don't want to be in a market where people have thousands of reviews and you're trying to sell something that's almost the same because you got to think like a buyer guys, you know, who, who's going to buy your product. If everybody on page one has a thousand reviews and somehow, you know, using whatever promotional thing that you're doing, you get to uh, page, you know, you get to page uh, one and you've only got three or four reviews because you're a brand new product. Well, I guarantee you'll stay on page one for no longer than 24 hours because nobody's going to be clicking on your product. Nobody's going to be buying it. So hopefully you made the right decision and are picking a market that you have a chance in. Like maybe it's a, maybe it's a, uh, the competition are, are, are mostly bad. Like they only have two images, mostly of main guys and, and they don't sell too much. So you can, you can easily match their sales velocity or, or maybe they have bad reviews or, or maybe they have less than a hundred reviews, you know? So uh, 
if all things like that are equal, then the method I would use is what, what keywords am I going to target and what is my strategy? There's no one right strategy for launching a product. Uh, some people use discount giveaways or discount promotions. Uh, some people use Facebook ads. Some people just launch with PPC. Some people do the rebate method and many chat. All of these are very valid and, and very you know, common ways to do it. But just again, regardless of how you get to page one, you're not going to stay there unless you are, have chosen the right keyword. So make sure that this keyword number one is relevant to your niche market. In other words, the people who are on page one now need to at least somewhat look like your product or have that similar function because you might be targeting the wrong keyword and people are looking. What you see on page one is kind of like indicative of what people are looking for because Amazon is showing people on page one the, the products that are getting the most traction for that keyword. So if you have a, a product that is so completely different than anything else on there, that probably means that people are not looking for your kind of product on there. So make sure that you've chosen the right keyword and make sure that, that you, you have a chance to stick before putting money into your launch. Uh, I wouldn't put much money if I have zero reviews unless I was trying to go for a keyword where everybody else has zero reviews. Um, I would try and get a few reviews first before I put some money into it. So I think, I think those are the, the main points that, that I first look at. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, okay, let's talk about how, if they're launching a product that has no reviews and they're starting from scratch, how do they get their first 10 reviews? And then how do you get 100 plus reviews? You know, it's a lot harder than it used mm -hmm. to be a few years back. How do you recommend people get those reviews uh, nowadays? I mean, the early reviewer program, you know, is from Amazon. Um, it's not the, the greatest thing in the world. I mean, sometimes you might even get a negative reviews, but hopefully you've got a pretty good product, you know, um, where you don't think you shouldn't get any negative reviews. Well, so that's a way you can get five or six reviews. Um, writing PPC, like 95%, I don't know, I don't know the numbers, but me personally, I look at reviews as an Amazon buyer. Most people I know, reviews are important. It's like if, it's a, if they see a three-star product, uh, they're probably not going to buy it. If they see a product that has zero reviews, they probably won't even consider it. But guess what? There are customers out there who don't care about reviews, or maybe they don't know what the reviews mean. They're like, oh, wow, this is star products. It must be like a hotel. Maybe this is a, a premium product. That's why it has five stars. You know, they, don't know, they don't care about the number. So guess what? The way you can reach those is by PPC. So the cool thing about PPC is, yeah, you know, you might get a thousand impressions, but you're not going to pay a penny unless somebody actually clicked on it. And if you have zero reviews, you could show your product out there in PPC. And if somebody clicked on it, they must not be that kind of customer who is important about the reviews. So again, Jim Carrey, like Jim Carrey says, you're saying there's a chance. So that means there's a chance if you get that click on PPC that they could purchase your product. And guess what? If they, if they click on it, there's a chance that they'll buy it. PPC is one way to go. Um, I have somebody coming up on the podcast uh, in a month, Carlos. I don't know if you know him. Carlos Alvarez from Florida. He's a nine-figure seller. He has an interesting way of getting reviews. Uh, what he does is he goes out on Yelp. Um, like, let's say he has a new coffee grounds product or something like that. Well, he'll go to Yelp and he'll look at who's written some crazy, amazing reviews for coffee shops in his area. And he'll be like, he'll send the message. You can actually send messages right there on Yelp and it'll say, Hey, you know, I, I love your review that you left for this 
Mama's Coffee Shop here. It's obvious you're passionate about coffee. I would love to get your honest opinion about it. You know, uh, would you be willing to purchase my product here? Uh, I'll give you, uh, I'll give you a rebate for it if you purchase it. And then I would love to get your your feedback. You know, that's that's a, a conversation that is completely happening off of Amazon, and you're not incentivizing the review. You're not saying, hey, I'll I'll leave you, I'll give you a rebate if you leave a review. You're just saying, hey, uh, you value that they are an expert in the field and would love to get their honest opinion on it. So, I mean, that was a way that a month ago I, did, I didn't even think about. I was like, finding reviewers on Yelp, that was like mind-blowing for me. But there are different ways like that. The ways not to do it is not to, not to incentivize it and say, hey, I'll give you guys a free product if you leave me a review or, or, or anything, like, or, or trying to manipulate that process in any way. Uh, another way is just have a system, you know, Helium 10 obviously has follow-up. There are a million other services out there that offer automated emails. Just set up an automated email. You're allowed to ask once for a review from every single one of your customers. So it takes like three minutes to set up. And, and uh, I mean, I know services that cost like 10, $15 a month. Uh, or like I said, if you have Helium 10, it's free with it. So just set it up, it takes five minutes. And now every single customer who buys your product, you're gonna get an automated email to them that says, hey, would you, please give us your honest opinion on it and, and you'll get twice as many reviews that way as if you do nothing. So not one of these ways is going to get you to hundred reviews in like one month or anything crazy like that, but all of them put together will definitely help increase your review velocity. Yeah. I love that. I, I have not heard that Yelp strategy that, uh, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Uh, it reminds me of, we had, we had a client uh, at turnkey that they literally just went to Starbucks and uh and just stood outside of starbucks and and just you know asked people that were going in like hey you know are you interested in you know this product for free like i'm trying to get the word out on this you know which like for free and they would just literally write that in there like give them 20 bucks or give them a gift card or whatever and then they'd have them go search for it buy it on you know their amazon app and then uh and then you know back can you please that's leave awesome. a review yeah that's awesome. So yeah, there's two, there's two ways. So I, I guess guys, the, the moral of the story is uh, launch some coffee related products. <laughs> as you have some different ways to get some good reviews, but I mean, the same thing applies to like pet grooming, you know, like you have a pet grooming product. Well, look on Yelp or go to a pet grooming store and, and stalk people right outside there. I mean, it's not infinite. You, you can't do this in every market, uh, obviously. Um, but, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of different categories where that, that methodology I think would work. Cool. So let's get back to what you said before. So one of the key strategies for launching is make sure you choose your keywords carefully and attack that keyword. What would be some of just your best advice, like making sure that you are targeting the right keywords, how to find it and, and take advantage of that? Yeah. So, I mean, I use, uh, uh, obviously, you know, Cerebro from Helium 10 and, uh, it, as long as whatever reverse ASIN tool you guys are using, um, you can use this methodology. I'm not sure uh, if there are other, or, or I know there's not any as advanced as Cerebro, but hey, if you're ready using another tool, you're happy with that, absolutely still use this method. I mean, this is not exclusive to Helium 10, but the, the important thing is, 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 you know, Amazon is not Kickstarter, right? You can't have a new invention and think that you're going to get traction because people aren't searching for it. They don't know it exists, all right? So you already know Amazon is about existing demand. So the important thing is, is yeah, you don't want to go, like I said, to neck pillows. Yeah, that's, there's demand there. I mean, there's 100,000 people buying neck pillows every month on Amazon. So I'm going to sell. No, that's not, that's not what, what I'm saying. But there's got to be somebody selling on Amazon or, uh, well, maybe it's only three or four people and that's 
good, you know, that means there's still room for you. But what you've got to do is analyze their keywords, not necessarily where they have their keywords. You know, I, so many times, I'm sure you've heard of this, people are asking, oh man, I want to know what's in the back end keywords of my competitor. And I say, that freaking doesn't matter. Literally does not matter what is in the back end because all that matters is what keywords are driving the sales. It doesn't matter if it's in the back end, the front end, the side end, whatever. What are the keywords that are driving your competitor sales? Because they can have a, all garbage in the back end. You know, uh, I mean, they, they could say Batman and Robin and Marvel, Agents of Shield, or whatever in the back end. And does that mean anything? No, that's meaningless. What matters is what's driving their sales. Now, there, there's a couple of ways you can you can have some ideas. Like for example, if you have um, um, brand analytics. You know, uh, if you have brand registry 2.0 from Amazon, you could look in brand analytics and you've got some limited things there. You could see what are the top search keywords and who are the products who are having the biggest share of sales uh, for that keyword. That's kind of cool, but it's only three products. But what I like to do is I use to rewrote, which shows very similar data to brand analytics. And what I'll do is like, let's say I'm going to uh, sell a, a, a Los Angeles Dodgers hat. I have a license for Los Angeles Dodgers hat. I'm going to go look at what are the like four or five top selling Dodgers hats that are similar to mine. You know, I mean, I don't want to have something identical, but basically I'm looking for the products where the customer avatar for those products is similar, is the same as my customer avatar. You know, there are people who are, who, who type in Dodgers hats who might be searching for Brooklyn Dodgers hats. All right. Guess what? The customer who's buying, that is different than a customer who's looking for a Los Angeles Dodgers hat, even though the keyword they search is the same. They might have searched for Dodgers hats, but one customer has in his mind LA Dodgers. The other customer has Brooklyn Dodgers. Those, those two products are not competitors. And that's something that I always try and tell sellers, like stop thinking that everybody on your keyword is your competitor. They're not. People have these images in their head of what they're looking for. Even though they might use the same keyword to search for it, they have a completely different idea about what they're looking for. So again, I'm if I'm selling this LA Dodgers hats, I'm looking for four or five of the top sellers of hats that are similar to this. And then I'm going to put them in a Cerebro and I'm going to run the reverse ASIN search. And I can, within 30 seconds, filter out well, what are they all, or at least four out of five, or three out of four, five out of six, whatever, on page one for, or like organic searches, you know, at least 500 a month, 1,000 a month, 2,000 a month, it depends on the niche. Because then that tells me right there within 30 seconds, I'm gonna have a list of five to 10 keywords that I guarantee are driving the majority of the sales for these products. And then I'm gonna know what keywords I need to focus on. I'm not gonna use my brain and say, hey, I'm a Dodgers fan. And as a Dodger fan, this is what I would search for, for Dodgers hats, because I guarantee it, 80% of the keywords that you would think are the top keywords for whatever your product in is probably wrong. You're, you're you, other people are other people. Heck, there's a big portion of the population in America who search in Spanish. And unless you speak Spanish, you're not going to know what the heck people are searching for in Spanish. So use a tool like Cerebro you're able to see where they're ranking high for. Because again, if they're ranking high for a keyword that has a lot of searches, the only way that they're maintaining that ranking is if they're actively converting for that keyword. Amazon is trying to make money, all right? The only way Amazon gets paid is if, some, if they show somebody a listing, the person clicks on it, they buy it, 
and now Amazon gets their 15%. So they're obviously showing the products that give them the best chance to get that sale. So guys, make sure, you know, it's not just about finding the right keywords, but it's making sure it's relevant to your exact customer avatar. Perfect. So let's say now you've, you've identified those one to five top keywords that are relevant, good traffic, and you know it's working for your competitors. So what's the next step to rank and try to get onto page one if you're not there already? Next step for me is the listing optimization. You know, so, so those five phrases, I'm going to try and put two of them if I can in my title. I, I like to put phrases together. In other words, like let's say the top three keywords are uh, LA Dodgers hat, Dodgers hat, and maybe uh, Dodgers hat for men. Like maybe those are three of my top keyword, five keywords. Guess what? I can put all three of those in phrase form in the most important part of my uh, listing, which is the title. I would say LA Dodgers hat for men. All three of those phrases are actually in there in phrase form. All right. It doesn't matter that there's no commas. It's just a space. It doesn't matter. Amazon can detect that those are in phrase form. And it just means whatever activity you get on those keywords, you get a little bit of a bump. It's not going to bring you to page one just by having it in phrase form, but any little thing matters. Um, I could have had LA in my title, Dodgers in my bullet points, uh, hat in my description and four men in my backend keywords. And technically speaking, I probably would be indexed or searchable for, but it doesn't give Amazon that relevancy signal or that ranking juice really that if it's all spread out like that, but having it in my title in phrase form, uh, I get that ranking juice. So, uh, and I would also duplicate those three phrases into the search terms in the back end of your listing. Yep. I agree with that completely. So once the page is optimized and you, and it's going to be indexed and hopefully mostly in the title, if that's not enough, especially if it's in a competitive niche, sometimes that's not enough just to get to page one. So how can we sort of force our way onto page one? Like what, what are you seeing works to get there? Uh, all the thing, almost all the things that used to work still work. I mean, there's a couple of things that don't really work too well anymore, like the storefront two-step URL. Um, I, I saw that towards the end of last year, not having uh, its effectiveness. But if we're going to talk about two-step URLs, uh, using either the rebate method or just using the discount promotional method, the two that I still uh, that I still see working are the the brand two-step URL and the field ASIN two-step URL. Um, just Last month, uh, I, I was doing a, a case study. I got two things to page one quite easily with that. Um, some people don't have the budget for that. Well, you want to you want to do a, a slower uh, rise to page one. Do the PPC method. You know, really, really target the crap out of that those keywords. You know, do a, a high budget. Make sure you're always showing up at the top, and hopefully you're getting conversions. And yeah, those conversions are going to bring up your ranking. Um, if you have any possible way to put people into a flow or to, uh, to coach people kind of either through a messenger bot or just however other way to actually just search for your, your product, you know, like say, Hey, search for this, just type in this keyword instead of giving them a URL. That's better than any URL that you can possibly give them is if it's full price and somebody is just actually searching for it. And if your product's on page four or five and they actually go through five pages and then click on it and then add it to their cart and then purchase it, that's going to give you much better ranking juice than, than um, you know, a, a two-step URL because that's just literally an organic search. If you're launching on your own brand uh, and you already have your own mailing list, that's the easiest. You don't even have to give away a big discount. These are people who already buy your product at full price. You give them a 20% off coupon 
and you send it out to your email list or your Instagram or your Facebook um, saying, hey, you just launched a new product in your line that you might be interested in, that could have a, a pretty decent conversion rate compared to like some random Facebook ad where you're just trying to you know, hit up anybody. Nice. So on the brand two-step URL or the field ASIN two-step URL, how does someone create those? Is there, or do you use a tool? I know there's different tools out there that can generate different types of, you know, these sort of super URLs or do you create them organically or on your own? Uh, the, I, I use the Helium 10 gems. That's actually free. Uh, even non Helium 10 users can use it. So anybody out there, regardless of the tool you use, uh, just go to helium 10.com forward slash gems, G E M S. And it's a free URL generator. We even have two step URLs for walmart.com. If you want to start ranking on, on Walmart. So there's about seven different URL types, not all for ranking purposes. There's three, two steps. Uh, and there's other ones that are for research or, or for adding two items to the card or different things. But yeah, that's a, that's a free resource out there for everybody. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. So next was for helping people to think long-term about their brand, not just, Oh, what's the strategy or whatever. that's going to like make money this month. But especially with your business experience, what would you say if someone's running a physical products brand or starting it, if they want to be successful five to 10 years from now and be a player and thriving, uh, what would you say they should focus on to set themselves up for success? I mean, if they're going to focus on one or two brands or, 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 or I shouldn't say brands, one or two product niches, you know, whether it's the, the pet industry or, or the coffee industry, I mean, they're going to launch 10 products over 10 years, but they are kind of related to the coffee industry. I highly recommend literally building a brand, right? Um, back when I was doing the car parts uh, business, um, we had a community. We had the largest, not Facebook group, uh, we had the largest message forum for Hyundai car owners. And so then it was so easy to launch a new products and it was so easy to crowdsource ideas because they were all together in one place. So um, it, it's very important to build your brand through social media, uh, build off of Amazon, um, you know, try and try and uh, it's going to help you with launching into brick and mortar. Uh, I mean, the possibilities are, are endless. You know, uh, Amazon guys is not the number one retail, not by a long shot. Uh, I used to be the sales manager for a huge diet pill company, largest diet pill company in the United States. And I, and I was in charge of their whole department of sales. Um, I brought their Amazon sales from like, I forgot what it was my first year. It was, it was like $500,000 or $750,000. And within one year, it was like two and a half to three million. And you might think, whoa, that's amazing. It's really not. I would see POs go across their debt. that They sold in Walmart retail. There are POs just for like California. One PO for, for like that lasted a month. It was like $3 million. <laughs> like Amazon was nothing you know, to them. Because again, we think that Amazon is some huge thing. And it is in, in the online market. But in retail knowledge, Amazon is small fish uh, still. What you could do is you can leverage Amazon to kind of go out there. So like that, that, the way that they leveraged and they, how they were able to get into Walmart was they started in DR, direct, mar uh, uh, you know, they started in direct marketing and infomercials and things like that. And they became the leader in infomercials. Then Walmart was like, hey, this is pretty cool. Uh, I was able to take a product that I launched on Amazon and it became like one of the top sellers for them. And I showed them, hey, this is now one of the top sellers on Amazon. And then Walmart was like, okay, we want to take this into our stores because this is a, a top seller. So um, absolutely, building a brand is important. Leverage your success on Amazon to go off of Amazon because that is where the money is at. Yes, you can build a nine-figure business on Amazon, but it's very hard. 
if you can get into Walmart with just one SKU, oh my goodness, you're, you're set because the, the kind of revenue you can generate getting into a Target, into Walmart, you know, into Walgreens or whatever is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, I love that. That's really, really, really good advice. Can you think of any other strategies right now that are not your run-of-the-mill Amazon strategies, like something sort of like that Yelp strategy or just something that's creative or that you've, you've seen you know, some fun success with? Um, one thing I, I could talk about is, is just that so many sellers make the mistake of it is they do focus just solely on the keywords. They focus on their launch. They focus on their listing optimization. But a part of the listing optimization that's important is, is really finding that emotional connection. And guess what, guys? People are so scared of the Chinese sellers, right? Because you know they know a lot of these Chinese sellers have 100 different Amazon accounts. They've got 1,000 employees doing every single part of their business uh, better than any American counterpart, right? But the one thing that most can't do and something that uh, if you're a native uh, uh, English speaker, um, have the advantage of, or if you're in this country and you understand the market, is making that emotional connection. People forget sometimes that people don't know your brand from anything, all right? They know big brand names. Uh, and, and if they're searching for a brand name, well, you don't have a chance to get that sale anyways. But if they don't know what they're searching, like what, what's something that you've searched for recently as an Amazon buyer? A uh, reading book light. A reading book light. Now, are you very familiar with reading book light brands? No, no. No, I'm not either. I don't even know if one exists. Uh, maybe Phillips. Maybe Phillips has one. I don't know. But so you probably typed in a search for reading, you know, book light, but you were open. It's not like you were looking. It's, like, it's not like, you know, somebody who's looking for Nike shoes, they're looking for that exact Nike shoe. I don't mm -hmm. care if my private label shoe comes up and it's better than Nike. No, not one person who is searching who is looking for a Nike shoe is going to buy something else, some random product. So you have to cater to that second kind of customer who is like yourself, who wasn't married to a certain brand and is just looking for what's the best option on Amazon. Even in the non-competitive niches, there's still at least 10 options sometimes that are really good that are kind of equal, you know, maybe similar price, similar images. So what's going to set you apart is the copy. Sometimes, and what I mean by that is, is your your first couple bullet points that is visible on um, on desktop, or your first lines of description, which is the first thing that comes up after the title on mobile browsers. Focus on making an emotional connection there instead of keyword stuffing. So many times, sellers just get so obsessed with the right keywords. And yes, keywords are important. If you're not searchable for something, nobody's going to find you. But everybody's doing the same thing, especially, you know, the, the Chinese and foreign sellers who maybe English is not their first language. All they're focused on is just getting the right keywords in there and they're not speaking to the customer's desires or wants. So do the research and see what is on the customer's mind. Uh, before Helium 10 was around, I hired a VA and I just had them sit there and read thousands of my competitive reviews and give me a report on the most common things that people were talking about. And all of the time, I would find things that were not keywords and you, I would find uses that people would not search for, but they were thinking about it. Um, the classic example I always use uh, for Helium 10, once the review downloader came out, I can actually take that one week process and turn it into 30 seconds where I click a button and it sorts all of the common two, three, and four word phrases that appear in the reviews and sorts them in descending order. And the classic, classic example I use is for collagen peptides, the number one thing that comes up in any product reviews is in my copy. And that is not a keyword. That is not a keyword that would ever come up in keyword research because people do not search in my copy 
to, and think that they're going to get collagen peptides. They search keywords for that. Collagen peptides, collagen peptides for men, hydrolyzed collagen, whatever, right? But what they're thinking about is what they're going to use it for. They want to be able to mix something that's going to be easily dissolvable and it's going to go into their morning coffee and kind of, dissolve, you know, kind of dilute the taste of coffee, et cetera, et cetera. And that is an emotional connection that you have an opportunity for. So what I would do in my first bullet points is I would put, hey, you know, you're looking for um, some kind of great dissolvable protein that you can put in your everyday morning coffee. There is not one word in there that is a keyword, quote unquote, you know, but I, what I'm doing is I'm speaking to that buyer's emotions. I, I'm catering to what uh, they're actually looking for. And then in the buyer's mind, they're like, oh, shoot, that's exactly what I was looking for. You know, um, like you, for example, you want a reading light for a book. Uh, is this for like reading in bed or what were you, what was your thought process behind that? Yeah. At night to not okay. wake, wake up anybody. Perfect. So what I would do is uh, in my, again, th this research here, I guarantee that if I were to look at some top rated reading book lights on Amazon and I ran review downloader, one of the top ones would have been exactly what you said. Like, man, this is great for reading at night without waking up my wife or something like that. So I would have found that. So how do I use that information in my images? My second lifestyle image or my first lifestyle images, I'm having a picture of, of a, a husband or wife in bed <laughs> with a sleeping spouse right next to them and just the light there. And what does all this do? It, it, it speaks to exactly what they're looking for. And so as opposed to just the generic thing that everybody does and they show six different pictures of the different angles uh, and an infographic saying how many lumens this has, which is meaningless to most people, right? <laughs> You've got something that speaks to their emotions and that stirs something like, whoa, this, this seller, they know exactly what I was looking for. I, I've never heard of this brand, but shoot, I'm going to give this a try because they're, they're speaking to my wants, my fears, you know? So, so I think that's a, a mistake that so many sellers, even in, in this country make is they don't focus on, on those emotional connections and they're missing out uh, on tons of sales because of that. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Cause yeah, a lot of the products I was looking at, like it was hard for me to choose one because they were so poorly done. Right. And I'm looking and I'm, and then they're, they're, they're bragging about how bright the light is. And I'm like, well, right. that's, the, that's the opposite of what I want. You know, <laughs> if they yeah. had just put, if one person had put that image that you talked about, you know, cause that's what I'm trying to do not wake up my wife. And you know, that's exactly it. And, but it wasn't there. So, you know, that's really, really smart. I love that. So a lot of our listeners and a lot of companies that come to, you know, talk to turnkey and trying to get help, they're often like one or two person shows, right? Small, small team or they're by themselves and they feel like drowned in the day to day of Amazon. They don't have time to focus on building Shopify or going on even thinking about Walmart or launching new products. Right. So what would be your advice to like help them if they feel trapped? Like how can they get out of that? it's important to know how to delegate. Um, and maybe you can't afford to hire a full-time employee. So in the beginning guys, use some cheap labor, AKA family members, you know, um, I, my, my kids, I put my kids to work since they're like six, seven years old working in my warehouse. Not, I'm not a child labor person, but when I say working in the warehouse, it would be fun things. Like they would put FBA stickers on, but Hey, that's a time consuming thing. I give them, five bucks, they were happy to sit there for an hour and put FBA stickers on, you know? I have better things to be doing with my time than, than doing that, but it was something that had to be done, all right? As you get bigger, um, you still, you know, minimum wage in this country is crazy. It's like $10 or $15 are crazy in some places. 
but outsource guys. There are very talented people uh, in, who speak English in, in the Philippines and other countries who can handle things that doesn't require. Sometimes as, as entrepreneurs, we get in this mindset that, hey, I'm the only one who can do this. I'm the only one who can do this right. Take a, take a step off your pedestal. Uh, you're not a, a genius, all right? There are things that you could teach somebody else to do. And if you're not able to teach them to do it, well, that means you must not be as smart as you thought you were in the first place. So you need to you know, outsource. You can find people from three to $6 an hour to handle the tasks like a customer service, product research, keyword research, things like that so that you can uh, concentrate on the things that only you can do, like sending wire transfers or, or negotiating with suppliers or things like that. So just know when and how you should delegate for sure. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that advice. Like we, we see it all the time and they, it's like start where you are. If you're really small and don't have a big budget, like, yeah, go hire a part-time person, right? And if you don't even have time to train them, like go buy them a training program or buy them a mm -hmm. software, right? Or we coach some of our clients where they hire someone part-time or full-time and we can train for them, right? And, you know, and I think using your guys' software is a great way, like use software tools out there like Helium 10 that will help automate or, you know, streamline a lot of these things that, you know, some people are still doing manually, I think is one of the biggest things I see is they're, they're doing it by, by hand, the old fashioned way. Absolutely. One selfish question. I see you popping up everywhere on podcasts, on YouTube, <laughs> on Facebook, on lives, stages, and with some really big names, right? And, you know, we just launched this podcast, you know, a few months back and we're trying to get that bigger. Like, how do you get on so many different platforms like that? Um, it's basically doing just like this, like I, I didn't, I hope I, I'm not coming across as some, some helium 10 salesman or some pitchy person, but um, I guess it's, you know, regardless of if anybody out there is trying to grow an audience or trying to get themselves out there is just give, share knowledge, you know, don't be greedy. All of us have experience with different things. Um, and we have unique experiences. All right. I'm not saying give your company trade secrets away, but share as much as you can. And, and when you, when you get the reputation to be just like, Hey, this is a person who's genuinely trying to help other people, which is true. I mean, I, you guys can't, I mean, unless you're watching on YouTube, you can't see my face, but I'm very passionate about this stuff. I love helping. I love giving ideas. I, I personally have never launched my own private label product in my life. Everything I did was for others. I have zero ulterior motives. I don't get commissioned to go uh, talk. I just love helping people. And if you guys have that genuine, um, um, desire to, to help people, even if, even if the end game is for money. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I would love to have more helium 10, you know, users, but that's not my main goal here. I know that could be the result of getting out there more, but if that was my main goal of, of going to do these things, I would not be invited because that is going to come across in how I talk. And, and I've interviewed people like that where it's like, okay, they're only here because they're trying to get a name for themselves or or, or they're just trying to get signups for their tool. It, even if they don't, even if they think they're being slick, not nah, trust me, guys, you're not being slick. Uh, I, I see you. I know your game. All right. Um, so just, uh, yeah, my advice to anybody out there who's trying to grow a podcast, who's trying to get their brand out there, who, who wants to who maybe a consult, you know, uh, consultants who, who want to be able to have a reputation to help more is just genuinely have that desire to, to help people. Um, at the end of the day, you're, this is not a, a charity. You know, uh, obviously you have to make money. So uh, I'm not saying just give away everything for free, but just giving up a way to show that you do care and you, you, you do want to educate people. And 
it's like that field of dreams phrase. If you build it, they will come. So that was kind of what I've done and it just kind of happened, I guess. That's really, really good advice. Cool. So to end it, uh, let's leave the people with one final new tip or actionable thing that, that they could focus on if they're a physical products brand. Uh, one thing I think that people don't do enough is they try and stay strictly as FBA. All right. Um, I understand if you don't have the means to, to have a warehouse or something, but even have things in your garage, I highly suggest dual listing everything, not two FBA listings. That's against terms of service. Have two SKUs per product. One that is FBA, one that is fulfilled by merchant. I told you guys before when I was doing that cell phone case company, I was literally packaging 500 orders a day. We had this machine that, that could package it really fast. Now you don't need to get to that level, but uh, the diet pill company, um, they were doing $3 million a year. Uh, I would say 75 to a hundred thousand dollars of that came from fulfilled by merchant. These were orders that they never would have gotten if they did not have fulfilled by merchant. Why? Because I would price those higher. It was 0% buy box. But what happens is guess what guys, not everybody has prime. All right. And if you do not have prime and the order is under $35 or whatever the threshold is like, uh, this hat, all right, this hat, maybe uh, prime um $15 but guess what if you don't have prime it's $15 and then plus $10 shipping or something crazy like that and now what happened all of a sudden you're priced out priced out for that customer and they're going to go to your competitor because they, they had a fulfilled by merchant so what I, what I would do is offer this hat for $15 free shipping same thing same price as, as FBA but you ship it yourself so then for that three to four percent of customers who don't who shop and don't have prime and wouldn't buy that. Now you don't lose those sales. You still get to have that sale. You still get the profit. You, you can fulfill things yourself depending on your shipping rates for the same price as you would have had to pay FBA anyways, sometimes cheaper. Uh, yeah, and FBA is cheap, but remember, you're not just paying, you're not just paying the uh, pick pack and ship. You're paying labeling fees. You're paying the, sh the shipping to get from you to them, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So you can usually offer it for the same price. And in every case of anybody I've ever seen to do that, it's usually three and 5% extra bump in sales. Don't forget to international customers who can't order from Amazon prime. You're, you're going to get those sales too. So there's, there's my, my last hack of the day there for you. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's really great advice. And another reason too, is like occasionally your FBA listing might go down, right? You might, you might lose the buy box. You might run out of stock of FBA and it's, that's another reason too, that, you know, if, if that goes down and you don't have FBM set up or live, like you're out exactly. of sales until you catch it and solve it. And sometimes that can take you a week to solve yep. it if you got to ship more inventory. So always, it's good to have some reserve inventory, whether it's in your garage, there's third party warehouses out there. You don't have to go buy a warehouse. Like there's third party warehouses that you just pay for the inventory. I, I had one back in the day. It was like, you know, you paid 10 bucks a month per pallet of product that you had. It's, it's not crazy yeah, expensive. Real cheap. There. Very, very good. All right. Well, Bradley, thank you so much. This has been an awesome, awesome content filled episode. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this and yeah, tell people what you have going on, where can they find you or helium 10? Uh, best way to reach me is in our Facebook group. Um, uh, just go to helium 10 users on Facebook and then you can just tag me in there. If you have a question that you'd like to ask, and, you know, Helium 10, guys, uh, I, I suggest it, most people have already heard about us, but if for whatever reason, you know, maybe you've been um, living as a monk in Tibet for a while and you haven't heard of Helium 10, you're just now getting back. Uh, well, 
definitely try Helium 10, I'm sure, in the show notes or something. I don't know what the coupon codes are. I know you have some coupon codes you can use so that people are not paying full price, but it, you can use it for up to a month. Um, and, and if you're not satisfied with it, you can just get your money back. Because like I said, I, 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 the number one reason I want people to use Helium 10 is not because I, I want to get money. I don't get, my salary is not impacted at all whether people sign up or not. But I have seen firsthand uh, how many lives this tool has changed uh, because they're able to like, like do crazy things. It doesn't matter the level of seller. Uh, we had a Helium 10. So you weren't at our Helium 10 social in Vegas, were you? I don't think you were a couple months I, ago. I wasn't there. No. Yeah. So there was a guy who came up to me and I can't say, you know, for, for trademark reasons, I can't say the name of his company. He's like, you know, uh, it, it's a, it's a brand name. It, it's a huge brand name that pretty much everybody in the world knows. We had no idea they were even using Helium 10. He's like, before we, use Helium 10, we were making $100 million a year on Amazon. That's how big, I mean, they didn't know what they were doing, but because of their brand name, they were making 100 million. And then after, they were making $300 million a year on Amazon, thanks to Helium 10. Said, I wish we would have gotten a cut of that, but anyway, that's <laughs> besides the point. Um, the point is, anybody can benefit from Helium 10 size, so guys, definitely take a look at it, and at the end of the month, it's not for you, give us an email, we'll give you your money back. You don't even have to worry about that. Nice. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. We've been using it at Turnkey. I mean, that's how we're partially able to manage so many clients is because, you know, just the efficiency of using that. And we've actually been able to save costs because before we had, I don't know, probably 10 different softwares, you know, a keyword. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was the same way. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then all those things add up. And also then you forget when you got to log into 10 different places, it's like, you know, you forget about one or two of them. And so it's just exactly. more efficient and more expensive and, and so anyway, so we were actually to save money. And so anyways, I can't recommend it highly enough. That's why I wanted to have you guys on and, and just pick your brain. And, uh, and yeah, so you guys can go to, they're nice enough to create like an exclusive discount for you guys. So you can go to turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash helium 10. And we've listed the codes there for you. It's TPM 50 or TPM 10 uh, to go on helium 10 and, and, uh, and try it out and we hope that you guys like it but bradley this is really fun and uh i think we should do it again so absolutely let's do it all right man thanks bye See thanks again to bradley for coming on today's show uh that was a lot of actionable strategies and tips and content so and then of course there's links and more to everything that we talked about in the episode over at turnkeyproductmanagement.com uh, and again we use helium 10 software here at turnkey we've been using it for a long time and we definitely recommend that you give it a try. And they were nice enough to give us a generous coupon code for you guys. And so you can get that at turnkeyproductmanagement.com slash helium10. Uh, or you could just go to their website and go to the coupon code is TPM50 to get 50% off your first month of Helium 10. Or TPM10 to get 10% off of every month for life. So uh, hopefully that will be helpful for you guys. I recommend you try it. And again, he said you, you can get your money back if you don't like the tools. So you know, it's worth trying for at least a month. And again, if you want to find out more about how turnkey product management can help scale your business, or you want to check out our free trainings or resources, just head over to our website, turnkeyproductmanagement.com. And that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you on the next one.